Next on BYU Sports Nation, how Tanner Mangum has become an instant classic quarterback at BYU. What impresses you about him the most? John Beck tells us what has impressed him the most about Tanner Mangum, plus Wagner Hall of Famer and BYU Hoops assistant coach Quincy Lewis joins us. And Aaron Fletcher of third-ranked BYU men's cross-country, why the Cougars can win it all. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, October 22nd, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Boom Shakalaka t-shirt designer, Jerem Jordan. Now, I'm not the one that designed this t-shirt, but I am wearing the Boom Shakalaka t-shirt today because it's tomorrow, live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern time. We're going to host this. Very excited about it. Third straight year we're doing this. First time you can see the men and women's basketball teams in competition, dunk contest, skills competition, uh, three-point shootout. And for the first time this year, a Red Robin tournament. They're going to play five-on-five, I believe, for uh, four-minute stretches. It's going to be fun. Your first chance to see them. That's tomorrow night. Boom. Boom. We have designated two words of the day. The first is boom shakalaka, which has been explained now. And the second is bucolic. Mm. Bucolic. Mm. Straight out of the Wagner game notes. That's exactly right. In fact, let me, let me pull that up. <laughs> as tenacious as any Seahawk, Wagner College enjoys a bucolic perch atop Grimes Hill, <laughs> overlooking Manhattan and other boroughs of New York City. <laughs> Then I continued to read, Spencer, Okay, and I heard the following. Movie companies have frequently used the campus as a classic college setting, most recently for a movie titled School of Rock. Oh, Jack Black, awesome. The school and school of rock is Wagner. The legend of the rent is way hardcore is from Wagner. That makes this game way more interesting for me. You're not kidding about that either. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to try and get Jack Black on the pregame show. The main no, hall of Wagner College is the outside shot of the school in School of Rock. That's great. Sopranos so, has been filmed there. Law and Order. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Really cool stuff. Wagner's what, like 80 times cooler to me now. A bucolic setting overlooking Manhattan. By the way, bucolic. I'm not cool enough. Means this. Of or relating to the pleasant aspects of the countryside and country life. Can you have a bucolic setting uh, uh, by New York City? Anywhere close to New York City. Apparently you can. I have no idea. That's great. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. And for the second day in a row, we're starting with a tough reality check for BYU. Head coach Bronco Mendenhall has suspended sophomore linebacker Sione Takitaki for the remainder of the 2015 season for the violation of team rules. Takitaki has recorded 21 tackles, three and a half sacks in six games this season as a linebacker. He does remain in school. That stinks. He's a talented linebacker that BYU needs. He was suspended for the Nebraska game uh, you know, for an issue during the summer, and now, now this comes. So he will have played uh, just half the season. Just half of his sophomore season. Two BYU players are out for the season as well due to injury. Cornerback and returner Garrett Juergens broke his collarbone again against Cincinnati. And backup linebacker Rhett Sandlin sprained his neck. Other news, Kyle Johnson, Riker Matthews, Riley Burton, Brian Sampson's injuries aren't considered long-term. The adversities in a violent sport at such a high level is a real thing. And it stinks because Garrett Juergens especially had that 39-yard punt return, had a nice kick return. He was a cornerback. BYU thought they had found something in uh, punt return, which they hadn't really seen yet this season. 
Yeah, just imagine Mitchell Jurgens and his versatility in a defensive back body. That is Garrett. He's a really athletic kid. So That's we wish him another quick recovery, get better Garrett. 12th-ranked BYU women's volleyball going for a seventh straight win tonight at Pepperdine tonight, 10 Eastern on the W.TV. And the fifth-ranked women's soccer team looks for their sixth straight win tonight at San Francisco, 10 Eastern on the W.TV. And finally, BYU women's golf doing work. We'll get to more of that in the Cougar Whip Around. They're leading the Rainbow Wahine Invitational. Rainbow Keep it going. Wahine Invitational. In Hawaii. That's Rise hard. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Fabulous. Freshman. Phenom. And his name is Tanner Mangum. Mangum. Off the feet. It's not Taylor, not Trevor, and not Connor, as referenced by notable members of the national media. And for the last time, his last name is not Magnum. It does. It is good marketing, though, with Magnum. Let's be honest. Magnum Mangum. Yeah. But you know what? It's good. All of that won't matter. It won't matter because Tanner Mangum's dynamic play on the field is forcing everyone, including the media, to get it right. That brings us to our Twitter question. What is the most impressive thing Tanner Mangum has done this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Seven games in to the kids' freshman season. What's the most impressive thing Tanner Mangum has done this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Is it just poise coming in early in the season against Nebraska? To me, Hail Mary? To me, it's every single win. Because they've been, tr- they've been tied. or tr- He hasn't had a situation where they've just blown somebody out. It was tied at the end of the third quarter against Connecticut. Five, five clutch fourth quarter performances. That's really impressive. I don't care if it's Taysom Hill. I mean, you think, okay, if Taysom Hill is the quarterback, what happens? I haven't even gone there mentally because there's probably too much pain associated with that thought or that line of thought. But Tanner Mangum has been really impressive. To me, it's the fact that he's won five games in that situation. All five. The Hail Mary, you throw it up, you make a catch, it's incredible. They're, like, skill required, throwing into the wind, yeah, you could discuss that. But, but there's, a, there's, there's a bigger situation there when you are coming from behind or tied in the fourth quarter for a freshman. Hamstring. All, yeah, the hamstring There's a lot happening. of moments to pick from, right? The Hail Matthews, the Hail Jurgens. How do we not have a name for the hamstring? I don't know. We moment. need to, there we should need to be get there. A, yes. That should have a name, right? You just say that, and you're like, oh, yep. The hamstring I, moment? What, what the hamstring it? happening? I don't know. Hamstringing? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what we got. Point is, he has been dynamic, and there have been so many of those moments where you're just like, wow, this kid is something. For a senior quarterback, it'd be impressive, let alone a He's freshman. a special player. Three different top ten plays on SportsCenter, two of them at number one. He's pacing to steamroll basically every freshman passing record at BYU, and with that said, Tanner Mangum is currently, Jerem, but not for long, chasing heaps. On his way to breaking BYU freshman passing records, Tanner Mangum is chasing heaps. Oh, our newest countdown. Uh, let's just soak this in for a minute, huh? <laughs> what is this? The Dark Knight Rises when they're in that big pit? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is this is the countdown you didn't know you needed. Okay, <laughs> Jake keeps set all these passing records, and Tanner Mangum's chasing them. No one else is going to do this. I promise you that. Okay, Tanner Mangum needs five more touchdown passes 
152 attempts, 76 completions, 649 passing yards, and three more wins as a starter to break Jake Heap's records. Those aren't to tie. Those are all to pass. Now, the most important number on there. Tell me what it is. Wins. Wins. Yes. He is winning. And he's getting more of an opportunity than Jake. Jake didn't start um, as a BYU quarterback until game four. For Tanner Mangum, that was game two. So a little bit of a head start there. But Tanner Mangum is going to be the most prolific freshman quarterback BYU's ever seen. And no one has had the volume that he will have had. But Ty Detmer was among those guys. John Beck. Taysom Hill, unfortunately, got injured his freshman year. But Tanner Mangum is going to do things that no one else has done. He's done things that Taysom Hill hasn't done yet, like back-to-back 500-yard total offense games, like, I don't know, five wins in comeback or trailing, uh, you know, tied or trailing fashion, Hail Marys. It's been an exciting seven games so far. I'm excited to see what the rest of the season holds. Every Monday and Friday, we'll update you on Tanner Mangum's pursuit (laughs) of the Jake Heaps freshman passing records. As he ascends the mountain of records (laughs) with Jake Heaps in Zeus's chair. Well... And while we're on that topic, Jerem, let's talk about what Tanner has done with the first part of his freshman season. There hasn't really been like this, uh, he had a warming up period where it kind of took him a while to get. Oh my no, goodness. he just hit the ground the and was like, up let's go, is, baby. The warming up period let's was, go. you're down 10 at Nebraska. It was the Hail Mary. The fifth most fans that's ever watched a BYU game. And then he makes it happen. Then he comes home against the hometown team and wins. All of that has been fantastic. Fantastic. And, and we talk about comparing to Jake. He's way ahead of Jake in one particular important category, yes. which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Tanner Mangum has 10 more passing touchdowns than Jake Keeps through seven games. Now, Whoa. Again, 10. Now, Jake Keeps had, uh, you know, the start, his first start was game four. So, two game head start for Tanner Mangum, but 10 more passing touchdowns? Tanner Mangum is locked in and loaded. Now, him being a gray shirt before his mission. And going on a mission has made all the difference. I think that Tanner Mangum out of high school was more prepared than Jake Heaps was out of high school. But you add the maturity, and that's where a mission is an advantage. I admit that. And I hate when opposing coaches or whoever comes on here and says, oh, the advantage. Of... Then go on one if it's such a big one. But this is where it's actually an advantage. The out of high school guy versus the return missionary. And had a season under his belt. Tanner Mangum, I dare say, was born to be the BYU quarterback. And he is showing what he can do. At that position. On Saturday, you wonder how much time, how many drives Tanner will actually play because of the hamstring situation. He's not 100%. And the opponent is Wagner. BYU could hand the ball off every play of the game and win this game handily. They they will manhandle Wagner up front. But what can Tanner do? How how much closer to Jake Heap's records will he get with limited time in however many drives? The point is, it's important for him to play because repetitions matter in life, in football. Blaine Fowler talked about that yesterday. I think he needs reps, regardless of whether it's Wagner or who it is. And so as long as he's not going to get more injured, as long as you can be careful with him, then I think every game rep that he gets is a good thing. Oh, absolutely. No argument there. And every game rep that Bo Hodge gets is a good thing, too, because as we've learned the last two seasons and the last four or five at BYU— even Riley Nelson got hurt, and that meant broken back. That meant uh, you know a loss at San yeah. Jose State with the injury and whatnot. That you need to have that backup ready. So Bo Hodge is important in this game as well. But the last five games, Tanner Mangum has, has an opportunity to continue to rack up wins, and I think that he's shown the following. I don't know that BYU is supposed to be five and two right now. 
I think they've overachieved because they've had great fourth quarters, and that's to BYU's credit. That for whatever reason, wearing down, conditioning, the grit, the uh, teamwork, the Nick Kurtz tells us Cougar Tales have played a role in this. You know, whatever reason it is, BYU is five and two. They'll be six and two. They have an opportunity to get to more wins than I thought they could do this year. How much do you want to see Bo Hodge play? There's that question. Like the whole game almost. So Tanner plays first quarter, perhaps. BYU builds a 14-point lead, comes out, and then it's the Bo Hodge show. What? And hopefully he can pass through at least uh, you know, the end of the third. Yeah, what can he do? I How much will though. they let him do against Wagner? There's the question. We asked Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer about the mindset of Bo yesterday. He's the guy that's one play away. It'll be great for Bo to be able to get some playing time and to just go in and kind of calmly run the offense, not try to get too carried away, not get caught up in the moment and, and settle in and, uh, you know, hopefully get to see him make some plays that, that he's capable of. I can guarantee you that Tanner Mangum will not need to engineer a fourth quarter comeback <laughs> against Wagner. Thank goodness. <laughs> and I, I think we'll see Coy Detmer Jr. as well in this game. Get, let the young guys yeah. get out there and work on get some of those reps. It matters. Yeah, I, I don't anticipate seeing McCoy Hill. There might be a, a drive with McCoy Hill. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question is about Tanner Mangum. What is the most impressive thing you have seen Mangum do this season? Let's get to your tweets. It's Twitter time. Fittingly, the first tweet in from A. Mangum. At BYU Fan 1995, performing so well right off the mission while expecting to stay on the sideline all season. Hashtag elite. Mangum, Collinsworth, Hawes. They're ruining everyone's post-mission athletic expectations. It's so hard to come back and be effective, yet those three have been the superstars the last couple of years at BYU and right off the mission. Taysom Hill was a baller right off his mission, too. At Nickley 51, he has been a missionary for the church, BYU, and he hath administered death to many secondaries. I'm not sure what that has to do with being a missionary <laughs> for the church. What does John Beck think Tanner Mangum's most impressive moment is? We'll ask him next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tomorrow night, live from the newly renovated Marriott Center. Boom shakalaka. The BYU Basketball Showcase is live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time. It's your first chance to see the Marriott Center, the blue seats, the new video boards. We'll show all that off, as well as get to know the men and women's teams, dunk contest, three-point shootout skills competition, and they're going to scrimmage a little bit. So check that out tomorrow night. We are hosting that. Very excited about that. Uh, live on BYU TV. What is the most impressive thing Tanner Mangum has done this season as a BYU quarterback? That is our Twitter question of the day. At Hobosita tweets in, his hashtag ponderized tweets have been on fleek. <laughs> you know Tanner Mangum is ponderizing every day. When that did, guy is. When did fleek become a thing? I don't know. <laughs> we got to keep, keep up with the 20-somethings, dude. We're in our 30s now. I just, I don't know. I don't get it. At Justin, as Justin Thornton says, no question, game-winning drive against East Carolina. That took a lot of grit to play so well with a hurt hamstring. Absolutely. And he had to come in and win that game. How different is the season if Tanner Mangum doesn't come in and win that game? We need a name. 4-3. They're one game above 500. We need a name for that moment, too. Is it the Hale hamstring? 
Just everything is, is hail something. Yes. With, I, well, yeah, with okay. him. Maybe. Because it was the hail Mary to Matt. So hail Matthews, hail Jurgens, and now hail hamstring. Maybe. <laughs> if you have a name for it, send it in. Hashtag BYUSN. Let's hear it. Joining BYU Sports Nation as he does on a weekly basis now, our good friend John Beck, former BYU quarterback, Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Year, and an NFL QB. John, welcome back, man. Hey, what's going on, guys? All right, you've heard our discussion about Tanner and the impressive things that he's done. To you, what is the most impressive thing you have seen from Tanner Mangum this season? Well, I know most people would probably try to pick between a play, right, or a game. But I'm going to say just the role that he's assumed as such a young player. Um, to come in as a freshman and to do it only a few months removed for a mission and assume the responsibilities of the BYU quarterback, um, be in a role where this team came into the season with very high expectations and in the first game of the season lost their senior quarterback. The role that he has stepped into and the way that he has been able to handle it with poise, I think is the most impressive thing he's done this season. I, I've really been impressed just by the fact that it, it's not been easy, yet he's overcome that and still won the games. What are you seeing in the fourth quarter specifically that's making a difference? Well, the thing that I like is, first and foremost, the belief of the team. Uh, it's more than just one player that's needed for a team to make fourth-quarter comebacks. And anybody that's been in a position where a team has been in those spots knows that it's a collective thing from both sides of the ball. Games can be won and lost in the fourth quarter on both sides of the ball. And what the defense has done in the fourth quarters of games, in combination with what the offense has been able to do, it takes both. And I think that's what's been impressive. And the only way you do that is with a mindset. You know, the defense has had quarters of football where they've given up points and the team has been behind. And for them to always buckle down in the fourth and then for the offense to respond, sometimes on what is the last drive of the game or their last chance of the game. And this year, I think they have done it every single time on a drive that they needed to do something, except you could pay for the UCLA game. But on all the other ones, the drive they needed to do something, it has been done. So the collective team effort, what the defense is able to do in the fourth quarter, I'll tell you this, I've been in games where offensively you have done what it takes to win. You've uh, scored on the last drive of the game to either tie the game and send it to overtime, and then you know you throw a touchdown pass on the first play of overtime, but yet something happens from a team standpoint and you don't win the game. So. Both sides of the football, offense and defense, it's been very impressive. When both sides have needed to step up, they've done it. Former BYU quarterback and NFL, CFL guy John Beck with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. John, with his hamstring situation and the opponent Wagner, an FCS team that is winless, how much do you want to see Tanner Mangum play in Saturday's game? You know, um, when I knew this question was going to be coming, I immediately thought about a game where I was in a similar situation. Um, playing against a team that was winless uh, in a situation where the following week we said this was going to be one of our biggest contests of the year. Now, that's not the case for BYU, but because of what's at stake, you know, they have a really good chance of running the table for the rest of the season, and that could put them in a great situation for when bowl time comes around. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough decision on both Coach Mendenhall's part and also on Tanner's. Uh, when it happened to me, Coach Mendenhall approached me and said, I know you want to play in this game, but I think this is in the best interest of the team and also yourself because I know you want to play. It's your last year, but if something were to happen, even if we just gave you a few drives, if something were to happen where you wouldn't be able to be the, at your best of whatever we can get percentage-wise out of you for the important game, 
that would be a judgment call that we felt we made a mistake in. So, you know, he kind of let me know and outline how they felt, and it's hard. It's hard as a competitor, though, to accept, to sit down and not play because you want to be out there every single game with your teammates. The same thing that made Tanner want to get off of that massage table and get on the field against East Carolina, it's going to be the same thing. Even though Wagner hasn't won a game, it's that thing inside you that says, I want to be on the field. But yet, as a team player, you also have to recognize, if I were to go out there and the coach were to only play me two series, but something were to happen in one of those series, I would feel like I didn't make the right decision for my team for the following weeks. So I'm sure Coach Mendenhall will approach Tanner that way. I'm sure he'll let Tanner know how he feels. And I tried to be smart from a team aspect. Of course, I wanted to. It'd been fun to go out there and light the team up and throw for 400 yards. And you know, it's one of those add the stats type. Jason games, Beck is, did that you know? for you. Yeah, you know, you got to think about the team in the long haul. John Beck uh, on BYU Sports Nation. It's hard for anyone to get off the massage table. By the way. Did, did Tanner Mangum, hamstring, I don't want to get off the massage table, right? Uh, are you referencing the Utah State game, by the way, in 06? Is that the game you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the game I'm referencing. You know, yeah. I, I will, I will, I'll say this, too. Jason Beck and I were really good friends. So there was also a part of me, you know, I was about to come out and it was one of the hardest things to have to sit on the sideline and watch somebody else play the position you want to play. And when I was at BYU, I really hardly ever spent any time in a backup role. But... Jason came to practice all the time. He was always really good. Anytime I wanted to bounce things off him, he was always willing. And I do remember I wanted to be on the field. I wanted, we had just come off a Boston College loss, and I knew my ankle. People didn't know this, but I had hurt my ankle and made it worse in the Boston College team. And to come off of a double overtime loss, to know your ankle was worse, I wanted to play so bad, but I knew I needed to sit out for that TC just so I could be closer to whatever percentage, 70-something percent, 80% for that TCU game. And there was a part of me, though, that was like, you know what? I want Jason to have an opportunity to play because I know I'm going to play the whole rest of the season. And there was a part of me that said, this is my friend, you know, and I want to see good things happen for Jason. And I knew he was going to go play well. So, you know, and Tanner seems like a great guy like that. I mean, I read something where after an interception of Bo Hartster, he went up to me and said, hey, buddy, it's okay, man. Everybody throws interceptions, like, that shows me the character of Tanner, regardless of what the guy accomplishes in football, which I think he's going to be a great, great player for BYU. Ultimately, that he has great character. And that, you know, that's what stands out. And sometimes, you know, you feel good about, hey, let's let this person go play, because in all honesty, I'm sure Tanner feels the same way. I'm playing all 40-whatever of the rest of the games I'm playing while I'm in this, at this place. Hey, John, hang tight with us for a second. We're going to get you a, to a, a better cell phone coverage area. John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. And he brings up an interesting point. I love that he talked about the fourth quarters and what that does for a team mentally. Like, for me, him coming in and throwing that game-winning touchdown pass against Nebraska set the tone for everything this team does and believes. And that is why they play well in the fourth quarter because they've been there before. I think Yeah, you're right. If they don't complete that Hail Mary, maybe the confidence isn't there to throw the ball to Mitch Jurgens against, against Boise State. And I look at what John's talking about is he, he set it up. Hey, there are big games down the stretch for BYU. Is this one where Tanner Mangum needs to play? Now, Bronco Mendenhall already showed his cards on Monday. He said that he's not giving Tanner Mangum a break, meaning Tanner Mangum is playing. Uh, I think John is uh, taking a big-picture approach of, okay, we had a big game the next week. Now, BYU has a bye week. Now, if, if Missouri was next week, I don't think you play Tanner Mangum at all. 
no. this week. But it's not. It's in a couple of weeks. Yeah, bye week, San Jose State, Missouri. So it's it's a little different that way. But John sat out the Utah State game, and then BYU got their first big win of the Bronco Mendenhall era at TCU, and that set the tone for the rest of that season. John Beck back with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. John, we were just talking about the fourth quarter dynamic that you brought up and the confidence that that instills in the teammates of Tanner Mangum when he's able to do something like that. Now we look at the guy behind him, Bo Hodge. Because of his five passes of experience, I mean, he's been in a critical situation before. What do you want to get out of Bo Hodge now that this can be kind of a more controlled environment against Wagner? Well, I think first and foremost, it's a great opportunity to have a good experience. This is one of the things that going back to Tanner, I think has been so beneficial about this year. Um, It's been a good, positive, and confidence-building experience for him. I think that we've seen it all the time in sports. If you take an inexperienced player, you put them in a situation where a lot of the factors don't add up to them having success, and a lot of times athletes equate success with winning. And after losses, athletes can be hard on themselves. If you don't put them in a good situation confidence-building-wise, it can be detrimental to their growth in the beginning. So I think for Bo, what a great game. If he does play a lot, what a great situation for him to go out and have positive experiences, making plays, running the offense. It's not going to be a high-pressure game. You know, The coaches, I'm sure, will approach him in a way that, hey, good or bad, whatever happens, this is great for your experience. And yet, on the other side of the football, it's not going to be some pass rush that's bearing down on him. It's not going to be an overbearing have-to-win situation or, you know, playoff hopes. Or excuse me, that was like an NFL term. But bowl hopes, you know, like depend on this win. It's a football game to go out and play, do your best, and have a positive experience when you walk off the field taking everything as a positive. At least it wasn't a CFL term. You know, it's, it's all good. Uh, Three-game win, <laughs> three win streak now for BYU. Going to make it four Saturday. Uh, hopefully five at San Jose State. BYU's got a chance to run the, uh, run the table down the stretch here, as you mentioned. Um, do you see anything in this team that you saw in the 06 team and then the year after you, the 07 team, where they did reel off 10 in a row to end the season? You know, I would just say it's, uh, from my experience, when I got to BYU, there was like this hump that we had to get over. We, you know, we were coming off losing seasons trying to build a winning atmosphere. So uh, it was kind of like getting over that hump. You had those games where, you know, you thought you were going to win at the end. You made a play or something happened, and you just you didn't get the W. Like, you, you did a lot of things, but the W, like, evaded you. I mean, that's why one of the hardest losses for me to get over was the TCU game my junior year because it was probably my best performance as a player to that point. And we did everything we needed to offensively at the end of the game to win it, but we walk off the field having lost. So the great thing about this team, I feel like, who's, what's, what situation is going to make them feel like they're not going to walk off the field with a W? If the game is close, right now this team feels like they're going to win. And at the end of our season, after we strung out a bunch of wins, we played Utah at the end, and there was a third-quarter lull. And we walked into the fourth quarter, and I'm sure the reason why so many fans love watching that game is because we were losing and in their minds, they were sitting in the stands wondering if we were going to win. But the great thing about that team was I feel like all of us weren't wondering if we were going to win. We felt like, all right, let's go make the plays to win. And, I mean, just a huge jolt of confidence and energy that this team has gotten from game one. When Mitch Matthews caught that ball, ran out to midfield with his helmet off and started swinging his arms around, bam, you just got a jolt of confidence in this team. And then Tanner Mangan comes out in his first start, 
and lays up a fourth and whatever to into the end zone against Boise, and bam, you get that same feeling, a double shot of confidence. And I think that's going to carry him. I think that that, that hump thing, that feeling, those guys got it. And this is when football's fun because you have it, and no matter what situation you're in, you believe you can come back and win. And it makes me think of I stayed up as a little kid and watched the BYU-San Diego State game with Ty Detmer where they came from behind to tie it up. And I can just remember, that was one of the games that made me fall in love with Ty and want to be just like him. And I think that that thing of there's something within a team, and it takes, like I said in the beginning of the interview, not just one man, not just an offense, not just a defense, but a collective team unit that every one of them knows we're going to walk off the field winning this game. How's it going to happen? I think this team has it, and that's why I love their chances of running the table. Follow him on Twitter, at JBEC12, an instant classic follow on the Twitter machine. John, always great to talk to you, man. Thanks. Hi, you're welcome, guys. We'll see you. John Beck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. It's great to have John Beck every week. His insight is fantastic. He's one of the seven freshman quarterbacks who have played at BYU, started a game at BYU. Ty Detmer was one of those. He was on yesterday. So his insight is incredible. And he's, he's right. The confidence, and the point you made, the confidence that BYU got from that Nebraska game and the Boise State game led to the comeback wins in the other three games that BYU's had at home in October. I, I, really, I really believe that now that you guys have said that. Yes. It makes complete sense. You just gain this belief like, it, we're going fine. You're done 14 nothing twice, nah, and you come no back for deal. the first time in the Bronco Men and Hall era because you won on two comebacks in the first two you games. Have you have tangible evidence yes. that you have done it dramatically. And it continues to grow. So you'd think that if BYU gets down in tough situations, say Missouri or Utah State, they still believe they come back and win those games. Up next, it's not often we have a Hall of Famer on set. That is right. But when we do, it's a Wagner Seahawk Hall of Famer. Also, BYU assistant hoops basketball basketball coach Quincy Lewis. He joins us in Studio B next on BYU Sports Nation. The legend of the rent is way hardcore. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. And the club be rocking uh, Saturday. Oh, boy. What day? Uh, against Wagner. BYU versus Wagner. Uh, the School of Rock versus Napoleon Dynamite. Saturday, 3 Eastern time uh, on BYU TV. Canada kickoff starts at 2 Eastern time. <laughs> you lost John, me at Napoleon Well, John Dynamite. Heater and then uh, Jared Hess, the director, BYU grads, <laughs> against School of Rock. No? Okay. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't work for you. Yes. Oh, Transition goodness. out of that. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. If you missed this off the top of the show, tough news for BYU football. Head coach Bronco Mendenhall announced that he has suspended sophomore linebacker Sione Takitaki for the remainder of the 2015 season due to a violation of team rules. Takitaki will remain in school. He has 21 tackles, three and a half sacks, been a great pass rusher as a linebacker. That's a blow, obviously, to BYU football. More injury news. Two players are out for the season. Quarterback and returner Garrett Jurgens broke his collarbone again against Cincinnati. And backup linebacker Rhett Sandlin sprained his neck. Kyle Johnson, Riker Matthews, Riley Burt, and Brian Sampson's injuries aren't considered long-term. We also heard Adam Hine will be back for the San Jose State game. That's so good news. We're hoping that those guys as well, Johnson, Matthews, Burt, and Sampson, will also be available. 12th-ranked BYU women's volleyball going for a seventh straight win tonight on the road in Malibu at Pepperdine. 10 Eastern, you can watch it live on the W.TV. And 5th-ranked women's soccer looks for their sixth, rank, or sixth straight win. They're at San Francisco tonight, 10 Eastern on the W.TV. There you go. Volleyball and soccer on the W.TV on the road. Joining BYU Sports Nation now, 
a Hall of Famer, and it's not often we get one in Studio B, one that has an entire page of the Wagner football game notes dedicated to him, Quincy Lewis. Quincy, welcome. Hey, good to be here. Good to be here. Uh, how did you get a whole page in the, the Wagner football game notes <laughs> on you, man? By the way, your headshot looks like George McFly. Hey, don't give me that. Come on now. <laughs> it was back to the that's future good day hair. yesterday. That's really good hair. Oh, you know, that's when I had a little more hair. You know, it's starting to thin <laughs> a little bit here. And you so. can see what I really care about because I, I underlined some stuff. Let's talk about this. Um, second in Seahawk history in three-point shooting percentage, 41%. Hard to believe. Yeah. You crushed it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you got range. And then you only played two seasons, but you're ninth on the assist list, 367. Yeah. Tell us about your Wagner career. It was a great two years. Yeah, great, great experience. A uh, way different experience. Uh, I grew up here in Provo, played at Sinfu, so it was a way different experience than uh, maybe I would have had somewhere else, but it was great. Staten Island, New York. It says it has a bucolic setting, which is a countryside <laughs> feel. Explain how in the world a college that close to Manhattan can have a countryside feel. I don't even know what the word was you just said right there. <laughs> okay. We didn't know what the You have to game, look that one up. It's in the game yeah. notes. Yeah. It's in the yes. game notes. Yeah, you know what? The campus is is unbelievable. It's it's like an Ivy League campus or something like that. It is it is remarkable. It it was you know, the fall and the spring there just they're really neat. Now when when did you play it? Ninety one to ninety three? Yeah. Yeah. So they had won the D three national championship a couple of years before. In, in football. football, yeah, in football, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and th- this year, unfortunately, they come in zero and six. But you're not wearing anything Wagner this weekend, are you? You know, I might have you it probably, underneath. You kind of should. Actually. <laughs> I might have it underneath. Yeah. You know, no, the Seahawks. Uh, you know, I follow them. I keep track of how they're doing with their football and basketball. Uh, it's been a rough year, though. As you look at Jerem Jordan's T-shirt, you see boom, boom shakalaka. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear that word? Loud, <laughs> <laughs> loud, like a cannon or something. <laughs> You know, shaking a little bit. You know, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. So, you know, I've never been to one of these, and so uh, Friday night, I'm 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 very interested to see how this is going to go. So, so we're going to have a dunk contest, three point shootout, skills competition, a little scrimmage. Who is who is the best dunker on the team? You know, if you, you know, I'm a I'm a power guy. I'm a power guy. So Corb has got the power. Mm. Corb has got the power. So I'd have to give him the front runner on that right now. Okay, three point shootout. I know who thinks Oof. they're the best, and well, I think I know who's There's the best. no doubt who thinks they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> His first name starts with a C. Yeah. 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 Rhymes with Mace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. yeah and, and from last year, he was unbelievable. Yeah. There's no reason he shouldn't win this. Right? As, a, as a senior, it would be hard to take it away from him. But I'm sure there's some younger guys who will, who will, who will make a charge. Okay. Yeah. Jeff Judkins on this program has said a few times that he's the best shooter on campus. I'm not sure if that extends to all players and coaches, <laughs> but you had a pretty good yeah. shooting career as well. So who wins a three-point shootout between you and Jeff Judkins? Ray Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's the best on his own team. Now, he played for the Celtics, but uh, Ray will tell you that he was the best shooter. Yeah. You know, I didn't shoot a lot of them. I just made the ones that I shot. So Jeff's probably a better shooter, but... Uh... I might have been a better percentage. Yeah, but is he a Wagner Hall of Famer? I don't think he was. I don't think he went you know. to Wagner. So no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, in practice, do you guys ever? I, how much are you demonstrating what, what you're doing? Like, are you ever putting up shots? Do you oh, need to no. earn that streak? Oh cred? no, Will no, that no, hurt no, the no, streak no. Cred? no. When I left Wagner, my playing days were done. You're not playing in done, the Alpine done. Fourth Ward. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's no uh, nooner pickup ball for me. You know, I value my Achilles tendon, my knees. You know. 
No, no, no. <laughs> I'm done playing. Nothing? Not even a crisp bounce pass? No. We'll, we'll work on a little bit of passing, maybe a little yeah. ball handling, you know, but the, the shoot, that's, that's long gone. Okay. Quincy Lewis, BYU basketball assistant coach. Wagner, Hall of Famer with us on BYU Sports Nation. I talked to Nick Amory a few days ago. Really enjoyed his perspective, his personality. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Tanner Mangum in his approach coming off of a mission. Just you feel like you can plug and play and he'll be ready to go. Can Nick, is it too much to ask Nick to be a guy like Tanner Mangum to come in and make that much of an impact as a freshman? Well, Tanner's had a heck of a, a heck of an impact. So, you know, I don't think you can put anybody on, on the spot like that. Uh, but, you know, Nick is making good progress right now. And uh, he's learning what college basketball is all about. Uh, he's got good uh, leadership around him with uh, Chase and Kyle and those guys who are, to me, who are really helping him through this thing. Um, he's going to be a really good player here. And uh, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, when, when he's going to get his chance. Quincy, one thing uh, really stuck out to me from the interview with Spencer is the emphasis on defense in that discussion. And Nick is a guy that plays defense. And uh, you and, I guess, Tim are in charge of the defense this year. Mm-hmm. What kind of emphasis are you putting on it, and why will it be better? You know what? You look at our, our defense, and uh, it's something that has to get better. And I think it is getting better right now. And uh, we've kind of changed our philosophy uh, from what it has been in years past. I think it's something that fits us better uh, for who we are. Uh, offensively, from a points-per-possession standpoint, BYU has always been outstanding offensively. And really, if you look back to the Jimmer and the Jackson Emery days, uh, defensively, uh, from a points-per-possession standpoint, they were good, very good. And uh, that's the reason why you're talking about a Sweet 16 team that could have been maybe even better if they get a few breaks here and there. And so uh, as I look at it, I think we're going to be good offensively, and uh, our defense, I think, is going to take good strides as the year goes. What's that change in defensive philosophy that you mentioned? You know, I, I think it's uh, there's a lot of different ways you can play. Uh, you have teams that play zone, like a Syracuse or you know something like that. You have teams that maybe just really get after people, like the old Georgetown teams um, that get up, get up into the lanes. And then you have a Virginia team that plays more of what they call a pack line, that plays inside out defense. And uh, we're probably a little bit more like that. D- so. Describe that. I, I don't know what you mean by that. So that's uh, that's one where you really play the gaps on defense. Um, you're not necessarily out denying 20, 25 feet from the basket, but you're playing the gaps and you're really trying to keep everything in front of you. Um, uh, contested jump shots is what you're after. And, uh, and, I, and that's a little bit of how we, how we played in, uh, at Lone Peak and uh, you know, watching a lot of Virginia stuff this year. It's maybe more of the direction that we're, we're going. We've talked a little bit about Nick Emery and Corbin Kafusi and their development. Since you have been here, who has been the most surprising player in terms of just catching your eye at practice? You know what? I think it changes from day to day, honestly. Uh, you know, recently I, I've, I've really watched Jake Toulson and what his leadership has been, and that's, that's really caught my eye. You look at, uh, like, a Jordan Chapman and, and some of the things he did in Spain were really good. And, you know, it's, it's different from day to day. You know, and I, like I watched Corb and uh, Nate yesterday and, and how they defended, and I was really impressed with those guys. And so uh, it changes, uh, but it, if I were to look at somebody consistently day in and day out, you know, obviously Collinsworth is a, a really good player, but uh, Chase Fisher, you know, with what he brings each day, I mean, there's, there's not a bad day with Chase, and that's what I really mm-hmm. like about him. Wow, that's, that's shocking because I have a lot of bad days here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Chase really brings it. So you, you had an idea of what maybe you thought BYU basketball would be like, and now that you're an assistant on the inside, what, what's maybe been something that you've learned now that you've been an assistant for several months? You know, it's really impressive to watch how uh, Coach Rose manages his program. 
and uh, how organized he is, and he just seems to be a little bit, uh, maybe a step ahead of uh, what's going to happen next, mm. and how well he thinks through the whole process and the, the entire program. You know, it's not just coaching. There's a way, way lot more to it, and, uh, and he's really good at it. We had Terry Nashif on recently, and we talked about his uh, explosion on Twitter and social media. You have joined the Twitter machine. You, you are I be, at QLewis31, right? I, that's correct. But you have yet to send out a tweet. When will we be privileged to have the first tweet from Quincy Lewis? You know, I am so intimidated by Coach Nashif, you know, and, and his, his ability to tweet that I don't think I could ever reach that level. So, uh, I don't know. We might pull one out at, uh, you know, a surprising time, you know, and, uh, and come at you. Okay. So. At us. Yeah, at you. At us specifically. Yes, yes. Okay, this Spencer is at, and Jerem. Yep. This is excellent, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow night. Um, the, the scrimmage, you guys just kind of enjoy the night? Yeah. You're not coaching up anything? Uh, well, really? Yeah, a little bit, you know, with the 4-4, you know, four and four, but uh, pretty much we're going to enjoy the night, yeah. We'll try not to mess that up for you, okay? <laughs> That's I, our job. I, I'm waiting to see what this is all about. <laughs> the boom and the shock a lot. You know, I want to yeah. see this. Okay, very cool. Quincy, great to have you in the studio, man. Hey, good to be here. And, uh, you know, we hope that you won't be too torn on Saturday watching BYU and Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. A member of a top five team in the nation joins us next. Cross-country superstar Aaron Fletcher coming to Studio B. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B. If you miss the live episode any weekday, catch BYU Sports Nation. 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 BYU Sports Nation. Rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Boom Shakalaka is tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time, live from the Merritt Center. What is that? It's a dunk contest, three-point shootout, skills competition. They'll uh, scrimmage as well, so check it out. We're hosting that. Very excited. Newly renovated Merritt Center. No reason not to watch this. It's going to be fantastic. It's on the DVR as well, BYUtv.org slash DVR. A few people have tweeted at me asking about that. It's going to be a ton of fun. Back-to-back in-studio guests now as yeah. we welcome in Aaron Fletcher of the third-ranked BYU men's cross-country team. Third-ranked? Yeah. They are awesome. climbing the polls. Now, we, we need to ask you, which is the more credible ranking? Flowtrack came out and said, oh, hey, they're number three. And then the coaches poll came out and said, number four. So are, are we going to Flowtrack, Aaron? You know what? That's, that's a good question. Honestly, rankings don't mean all that much in cross country. It's, it's not super important. <laughs> it doesn't but, mean it. You're number three in the country. No, it definitely is. The, the flow track pool is good. It's great. I mean, they have us ahead of Oregon. They beat us this year earlier. So that's kind of, you know, debatable. But I think we're definitely a top three, top four type of team. Wow. What has caused the uh, – and the team's been good the last couple of years. You go back to Miles yeah. Batty in the last few years and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what – Helped you guys make the jump this year? Well, you know, last year was a really disappointing year for us getting 16th at NCAAs. Um, That's pretty good when 16 is not good enough. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. We got a really powerhouse program. Coach Isom does a great job. But I think uh, really it's been the addition of some new freshmen that we've had. Uh, Dallin Farnsworth has run really well for us. Connor McMillan has stepped up his game. Uh, John Harper ran really well for us this last weekend. And I think it's really a difference in mentality. I think we're... We've got a bunch of guys that are young, but guys that are very used to success. They're used to winning, and you know they believe. 
And I think that's the biggest thing for us. We're really we're buying into it. And that plays into what we were talking about even with the football team. They believe in the fourth quarter they're going to win now. Yeah. Um, and so the cross-country team's taking that as well. So. <laughs> Aaron Fletcher of BYU Men's Cross Country with us on BYU Sports Nation. You talked about Oregon, and they beat you head-to-head. So you're in the West Coast Conference. You dominate the, the West Coast Conference. So who, who is your rival? Like when you go to a meet and you're like, oh, they're here. Who's your rival? <laughs> uh, actually, so you say we dominate the West Coast Conference, but, man, it's been a battle. Uh, Portland has been really good the last few years because, I mean, they took third at NCAAs last year. Okay. So when we lost to them at conference last year by three points, which is really tight in cross country, uh, the previous year we beat them pretty well, and then they beat us by one point the year before that. Uh, since we've gone in the WCC, it's been alternating, BYU-Portland, BYU-Portland. Um, and that was one of the big goals we said at the beginning of the season was we got to win conference and then do all at nationals. So conferences this weekend, and uh, you know, I guess it's a week from Saturday. But uh, you know we got to win conference. We should we should be able to win it this year. I think we're a stronger team than Portland, but we can't overlook them. And and they really are the team that we look at and say we got to beat those guys. Spokane, Washington, West Coast Conference Championships next uh, Saturday on Halloween. Can you clear something up? You are not running in costumes. Is that correct? No, you know, sometimes we do a costume run, but that's not really good for racing. You really do that? Yeah. Gosh, two years ago, I did a 10-miler and a towel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. TMI, bro. Hey, I was wearing shorts under it, too, but nobody else knew that, right? (laughs) So, yeah, no, we... Some, sometimes we really, we get into it and do some fun stuff like that. What's funny about that is you're literally wearing less than that when you actually run. That's true. <laughs> that towel is like ten times the, the cloth. It's just it's yeah. the modest version. It's just a shock value. How do you how do you run <laughs> with the towel on? Because I walk out of the bathroom and I can't keep the towel on. <laughs> Safety pins. Safety <laughs> pins. Okay, better believe it. Excellent. Oh. I, le- I learned a lot today. That's, I really have. I, Aaron Fletcher's bringing it. That's amazing. I can't go away from the Halloween topic. I mean, okay, if you wore a towel, what was everybody else wearing? Yeah, what were some of the other things? Hey, I, you know, I, I can't tell you. I don't remember. Okay. It's, it's like one of the least the important things, right? It's the least important day of the year, Halloween. we got to win the next day at conference. Listen, the, the, the important part, that's right, is winning and beating Portland. And we're going to call them your cross-country rivals. Is that fair? Yeah, I think okay. that's definitely fair. Have they replaced? Yeah, they, they're the Utah equivalent in... Conference play. Yeah. Utah doesn't have a cross-country team for the men, so mm. we got to yeah. find somebody else. There you go. What kind of a shot does this team have to win not only conference, but to legitimately compete and win a national championship this year? I think winning conference is uh, definitely attainable. We should do that. If we don't, it'll be a huge disappointment. Uh, at NCAAs, that's going to be tough. Uh, Colorado comes in ranked number one for two years in a row. They've won two national titles. Syracuse beat us this last weekend pretty, or at Wisconsin pretty comfortably. I think we can compete with them on a good day, but it's going to take a good day from us. I think uh, we need to be optimistic, but also you know ready to just run the best that we can and not worry too much about beating those teams that are very good um, and just compete with them. Let's give them the karma for yes. next week for the West Coast Conference Championships. Now, when you come on the show, we have this thing called the BYU Sports Nation Karma, okay. where you take it and you go and dominate. You do, so, you do well. great. Like you. Like me personally? Yes, you personally. All right. And that I've seen you great. finish like top two in a couple of meets, so we're expecting greatness. Yeah, you know, it, Dallin Farnsworth and I have finished one, two in two races there this year. And Dallin, look out, been, man. We've Aaron's been, coming for you. We've been one or two seconds apart. 
at every meet. So Not anymore. It's going to be tight. <laughs> Run with that extra confidence knowing you have the karma. Yeah. No, I love working with that one. It's great. Awesome. Thanks for coming up. Aaron, great yeah, to have you, luck. man. Thanks, guys. Good luck at the West Coast Conference Championships. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, a coach being inducted into the Hall of Fame. We'll tell you next on BYU Sports Nation as part of the Cougar Whip Around. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whoosh. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall has suspended sophomore linebacker Sione Takitaki for the remainder of the 2015 season for a violation of team rules. Takitaki is still enrolled in school. Volleyball. More football. More football. Two BYU players out for the season. Cornerback and returner Garrett Jurgens broke his collarbone again. Against Cincinnati, backup linebacker Rhett Salen sprained his neck. Kyle Johnson, Riker Matthews, Riley Burt, Brian Sampson. Yeah, all those guys have injuries, but thankfully not considered long-term. Now to volleyball. Volleyball. 12th ranked women's volleyball got their seven, uh, going for their seventh straight win tonight at Pepperdine, 10 Eastern, the WIT. Soccer. The fifth ranked BYU women's soccer team looking for a sixth straight win tonight at San Francisco, 10 Eastern time on the W.TV. Golf. Women's team news. They lead the Rainbow Wahine Invitational by eight strokes. Rose Huang and Brooklyn Anderson Hawker lead all golfers at three under par. And men's golf coach Bruce Brockbank is one of four named to this year's Golf Coaches Association of America Hall Good of job, Fame Bruce. class. Good Very job, nice. Bruce. The men's team continuing competition at the USTA slash ITA Mountain Region Championships in Albuquerque. Six Cougars advance to the second round today. Tomorrow's guests, Corbin Kafusi, Merrill Hodge of ESPN and father of Bo, and Jeff Benedict, famed writer. Awesome. It's a loaded Friday show, all leading up to Boom Shakalaka. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Hop. We need it most. DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to women's golf. We just oh, mentioned yeah. them leading the Rainbow Wahine Invitational. They have been seriously playing elite golf. Well, then. Yeah, and speaking of the elite we don't have time to argue of that. the day, at Saoto underscore Vic. Vic. Says the pass Tanner Mangum threw across his body while running in the opposite direction that flew 55 yards for a touchdown in the first scrimmage of camp is the most impressive thing he has seen. That was just a taste, people. Thanks to John Beck, Quincy Lewis, and Aaron Fletcher and everyone on our crew. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to James Lark. New Mexico State, take that.